So this morning, the strange weather we're having, wintry springtime. And so now, just just observe, just ask yourself, you know, what is your state of mind? Just to, not to come up with any conclusions, but just be the, the observer, the knower. So do this and you're reflecting, you're observing the kind of mood or mental, physical experience you're having at this very moment. <coughs> Not trying to find anything, because it's, you know, whatever you're feeling right now is is not something you have to find, it's just observing it. Not something that you look for, but awaken to. So notice this difference of awakening, observing. Well, sometimes our attitude towards meditation is looking for things seeking some state or trying to get rid of uh, maybe a negative mental state. Reacting and and trying to get something or get rid of something. So awakenness is not, it's not, it's not reactive, it's just, it's embracing, it's just noticing. The quality of your mental state is, is not the issue anymore, it's just, it is what it is. So this the sense of being relaxed and attentive, and and not to be caught up in the in maybe uh, habits about meditation, you know, about having to do something or train yourself. And when we talk about meditation, oftentimes we use words like training ourselves, practicing hard, developing, getting rid of defilements, killing the kilesas. Uh, purifying the mind. Now, what are these these terms? You know, they're not anything wrong with them, <coughs> but just to notice how this sense of having to do something, how that affects you, how meditation can be just something, <coughs> another thing you have to do. Sit still for an hour and not move, or get samadhi, or something you you, you know you read in a book about what a good meditator, the results of good meditation is like this or that. So what I'm encouraging now, just for you to be aware of, because this is how we're culturally programmed, it come from societies that are uh, goal-oriented societies. I mean, most of us are conditioned for that, for attaining and achieving. We understand those words, and we we judge ourselves accordingly. You know, what have I attained? What have I achieved? If I achieved anything, um, how far am I up the ladder of achievement? And, <laughs> and any of these words come, you know, I understand them, and it's how I, my personality, conditioned personality, thinks. So sometimes when we get averse to meditation is when we practice hard and, <coughs> you know, all of us have been through this most, you know, over the years that we've meditated, you know, trying to attain and achieve because it's kind of conditioned into the system, achieving and attaining, controlling, getting rid of, purifying. So then it's it's like ch changing that 
beginning to notice that. I'm not asking you to go to the opposite direction and say you don't have to meditate or do anything on that level of not, you know, just reversing the thinking process. But beginning to switch on the light, the awareness. So this awareness then is not about right and wrong or good practice or bad. It's just it's it's like it's switching on the light in the room. Is it right or wrong or good or bad? It just brings light so we can see what's here, what's present, and some of the things that might be present when you switch on the light. You know, you might notice a stain on the carpet or something missing <laughs> or something something you don't like in the room, but but that's not the issue. We're not here to, you know, to, to we're not interested in that, in the things, in, in going from one thing to the next or forming opinions and views, but learning to relax into this light, into this awareness, this being this itself, rather than that person that's that's always trying to clean up everything or control everything that notices what's wrong and becomes aware you know very quickly and reacts to the stain on the carpet the bit that's missing in the room and then we can you know when we do that then we're we're lost all the time we're just caught in these reactions and so we suffer accordingly so, see this, this this meditation opportunity now. It's up to you how you want to look at it, how you want to hold this practice. So I'm not telling you how to do it. It's trying to switch on the light or encourage you to to observe how you do, how you regard, say. Formal, when you see words like formal meditation retreat, the word formal, what does that do? You know, you have to meet together, do it formally. Communal retreat, community. And these these words affect our consciousness. You know, we we can't help but feel them. And even the word meditation can mean something we have to do. Another duty, another thing that that is part of our life that we we should be doing more of maybe you feel guilty because you don't meditate enough according to your your con- concept of what good meditation is and i mean how m- people ask you know how many hours do you sit a day <laughs> you know as if that this is a sign of attainment how long can you sit still without moving and on and on like this so we have these these ideas of sitting still being still sitting for hours as good practice i'm not saying it's not good but but trying to present this way of reflecting on this dualism of this conceiving of good and bad right and wrong me and you. Then we 
awareness, you know, just a, when we just notice this, this kind of mental or emotional state where it ends like this, suchness or Buddhadasa Benyang Nieng in Thai, Datada in Pali, this is words that <coughs> really are quite, uh, you know, and I heard the word suchness when I first started uh, becoming interested in Buddhism, in Zen Buddhism, I used the word suchness. Uh, I just couldn't get my mind around suchness. I didn't know, you know, suchness. What is that, suchness? Because, you know, the mind was conditioned to always, qualities of things were the issue, whether it's peaceful or confused or beautiful or ugly, right or wrong. Tatada, isn't it? Tatada in Pali. It sounds almost like a rhythm to a pop song. Benyang Nieng. And then somebody asked Buddha Tad if he were go- going to be you know, lost on a desert island somewhere, you know, be for the rest of his life, what would he, he'd have the word, a tag around his neck saying, da-ta-da, or ben-yang-ni-eng. <laughs> I was like that, because that's just very simple, almost, uh, you know, to most people, uh, nonsense. <laughs> you say, well, I take, you know, you this program in Radio 4 where people are asked in Desert Island and they what they always give them a Bible and a set of Shakespeare to take with them. Complete set of Shakespeare and the Bible. And if you're going to be, <coughs> you know, lost on a desert island for the rest of your life, you'd want to spend your life reading Shakespeare or the Bible. <laughs> Or, <laughs> I mean, no, these are all very great books, you know, I'm not diminishing their the profundities you might find in them. But I prefer Buddha Dasa's version, Benyang Nieng, like this. Because we forget this, you know, we get caught up in our loves and hates and opinions and views. And we do that on a desert island, you know, if we were stranded. <coughs> we'd still be conditioned to, to you know, if we if we didn't awaken, then we'd merely just operate in the same mode within the restrictions and conditions of the desert island. But in the in the uh, awareness, then it doesn't matter about whether. You're on a desert island or in a community or whatever, because this is about awakened conscious, awakened consciousness. Uh, 
I'm using this word consciousness a lot now just because it is a common English word and it's the the word that is everybody's interested in these days people are, you know in psychology and so forth very interested in consciousness because you know when you think when when you recognize this is a natural state consciousness is not you don't create a consciousness out of ignorance when you're born you're born you know baby's conscious you know in, in within its baby's body you know it's it's natural consciousness is dhammachat is natural and we don't create it out of avicca you know we don't it's like space isn't it we don't create this space we might have views about space you know personal preferences like you're in my space you hear that i i like my space don't get into my space <laughs> or I like spaciousness something or spacey when we use the word somebody's spacey means they're they're not ground their feet aren't on the ground but when they when you when you use the English word space it brings attention just to the reality that we're, we're experiencing it right now it's not we don't create it it's just something we notice it So this is like awakening. We start noticing. It's like visually now, and I <coughs> think of the word space. Suddenly, so we're just aware of it. So you know, I'm in it. This is it. All around me, everywhere. And then I notice that if I go into things, things will stop. You know, the temple that we usually meet in is more spacious, and this this room here is not so spacious. It used to be when we first came here, Dhammavati, before the temple, this was spacious. <laughs> and uh, it's all relative. I remember when we, uh, at Chithurst, when we, uh, you know, the, the house was this derelict wreck of a place, and we had to re rebuild it, refurbish it. And we had finally had a shrine room. And it was a lot bigger, more spacious shrine room than the room we were using. So it seemed spacious. And then after a while, we began to feel crowded. It didn't take very long, but suddenly it felt the shrine room at Chitters was too crowded, too small. <laughs> and so, you know, in terms of the people, the things that impinge on us in the space. I mean, when we're talking about space now, and not a matter of whether you're sitting up next to me or distant, the space is just natural. We don't create it. Whether we create ourselves into it and and uh, react to the conditions in the space. But if we just recognize space as space, suchness, benyang nieng, that's a da. You know, it's just this was it. What can you say about it? Is space beautiful or ugly or is it pink or or blue? Is it uh, you know? It is space spacious. You know the look as use visual consciousness. 
looking outward, then we see the perspective of the of the, the monks, nuns sitting here in space. So then, getting back to the word consciousness, vinyana. This uh, in Pali. Jitta. Use a, talk about the jitta in Thai. Jitjai, jit. And then we can claim this my jitta, my feeling. Then we're creating this. I create myself as a person in the jitta, don't I? I'm Ajahn Samhita. Then I created that. That's a thought, a perception, a conditioned uh, thought that I wasn't born with. I didn't become Ajahn Samhita, you know, till years later. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just that, but consciousness is the same as ever, isn't it? So, you know, just to, to reflect on this, to, to begin to, to contemplate the way it is. Now, consciousness is like this. Space, we can be conscious of space through the, through, through the eye. Being aware of, of the conscious emptiness of consciousness. As we cease to have to keep creating things into it, or judging, or liking, or disliking the conditions that we we're experiencing, because consciousness is—you can't say it's—it's it's, you know pleasant, painful, whatever. It, but it is like this: the suchness. It's real. It's all pervading. It's natural. It's Dhamma. And then I can create myself into it, you know. A sense of me separate from you, this person with these memories, these habits, these feelings. That's that's the that's the conditions. That we, when we're attached to those conditions, then we experience dukkha or suffering. The conditions themselves are not suffering. You know, they are what they are. You know, we're not, they're also just, they arise and cease according to their nature. You know, they, what begins ends, the Nietzsche. And then at this moment, as we're observing a Nietzsche, that which observes a Nietzsche, can, can, can my personality observe itself? Is it, what is it in me, this person, Ajahn Sumato, that's observing Ajahn Sumato? And this is like inquiring into the way it is. Is is Ajahn Sumato observing Ajahn Sumato? Or is the word, the concept, Ajahn Sumato, that which is aware of that as 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 uh, this thought arises? Now this is like investigating or inquiring into the way it is. 
Is that Ajahn Sumedho? Is this awareness Ajahn Sumedho? Well, I can believe it is. I can say, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm sitting here, I'm Ajahn Sumedho, and I'm aware of, you know, I'm aware of myself. I'm talking again, aren't I? Uh, in this conventional way of a self and the conventions of language and habit. But now we're not operating on that level, not encouraging, just reinforcing the habits we have, but in awakening, you know, recognizing this Dhamma, seeing seeing Dhamma rather than just being uh, obsessed and deluded by in the same old way that we do uh, out of ignorance of Dhamma. So I notice that this this, you know, when consciousness, this stillness, uh, I use this uh, sound of silence. Uh, some of you don't, can't relate to that. It's okay. Don't make a problem about it. Not to you know, grasp the idea that you should hear this sound of silence. But the, the important thing is awakening to this moment. And even the, if you're intimidated by the word sound of silence because you can't recognize it, be aware of that, of this feeling of wanting to know what it is or you can't or you should or whatever, you know. Whatever you're thinking or feeling is just awakened to it. It's, it is the way it is. It's like this. da 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 suchness. Another uh, as isness, well, another translation for that. Remember, as isness. Uh, God, that sounds awful. As isness, absolute nonsense. You know, because because <laughs> 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 you can't grasp it, isn't it? You can't get a concept going. You know, where they say it's good or bad, right or wrong. You get some sense of. You know, you've got hold of something, a quality. It uh, has a form. You know, you can you can understand it with just you know this. If you've got a you know you've got if it's conditioned, then you're you're attached to it. We're used to this. We're used to being to our attachments, our habits, our feelings, our desires. But the such words as isness or Benyang ni eng, or suchness, or da da da. This is like a, this is a skillful means. It's a word, like any other word, you know, English or Thai or Pali, whatever. But, and it doesn't make sense in terms of defining, you know, trying to get a real, you know, precise definition of it. It's merely a skillful means. To, to awaken, to recognize, to realize this natural conscious consciousness that we're experiencing that's with us all the time. Not that we, it goes, we just we, we don't notice because we, we can be so caught up into our views, opinions, thoughts, emotions, memories, sense of ourself, duties, responsibilities, emotional needs, 
desires and whatnot. You know, because that goes into, you know, you know the unceasing change of conditioned phenomena and e- and experience. But that what embraces all conditions is consciousness. Without consciousness, then there's no possibility for if we're unconscious, we aren't. A, there's no. <laughs> The conditioned world stops, doesn't it? But when there's consciousness, then that means that the when the, there's the, oh, you know we're experiencing this consciousness with awakened attention. The gates to the deathless are open. There is the unborn, uncreated, unconditioned. It's this. This is. This is natural, this is Dhamma, this is the way it is. And when I talk like this, I'm not trying to tell you, you know, or or make you believe in some kind of doctrine of immortality or deathlessness. Uh, Because that's exactly what I don't want you to, to go around kind of speculating about that, thinking about it, but just observing this, you know, imminent awareness, very simple, very, you know, uncomplicated. Then there's uh, awareness with consciousness and and sati, sampajanya, operating together. You know, so it's inclusive. It's not a divisive thing is so you're not trying to get rid of anything or control anything, but things appear. You're suddenly aware of the posture, physical sensation of sitting, breathing. This is all happening at this very moment. The sitting, breathing, the postures, you know, the movement of the body, these are natural conditions. So using the for uh, postures, sitting, standing, walking, lying down is a reflection. Not judging in terms of sitting well or not sitting well or what, you know, the, the best form of sitting posture or whether you're in a chair or in full lotus. <laughs> then we get into the personal or views about sitting. I'm more interested in in just the reality of sitting now. It's like this. Whatever way you're sitting is not not judging, but observing. It's like this. Because this is this is uh, the the natural way of things. The body, this body sitting. It's like this. Standing, walking, lying down. For now, these these of course they're. You know, these are. This is, implies the movement, the physical movements that we do throughout the day and night. We're either sitting, standing, walking, or lying down. So even though we we think of the posture more as like this is sitting, this is standing, this is walking, this is lying down. This, uh, also, this ref- reference to the four postures grounds you. Because you awaken to the reality of your own body is like this. You, you're noticing the the feeling, the sensation 
of this condition, the, your, the human body sitting is like this. So it's bringing attention to, you know, the, a condition that is happening at this moment, not with, but without judging it, you know, in terms of what we would like it to be. It is da-da-da, like this, the way it is. And we're noticing that it, the sensations we're feeling as this one through sitting, uh, you know, when you observe them, then you, they are, they're, they're, they're energy, they're energetic, changing. Is there a permanent sensation? If, you d- if you're having physical discomfort right now and you have aversion to it, you know, then, that, then it seems more permanent than it really is. Like, I don't, you know, trying to get rid of it physical pain or discomfort, being averse to it, creates this illusion of permanency. It becomes more than what it is. So when, when we're observing, when, you know, the awareness, sati-sampachanya, allows the sensations that we're experiencing through the body to be what they are. It's embracing them, allowing this uh, this energy, this changing, is energy, is it static? Is it trapped in some kind of, <laughs> you know, container that that is permanent? Or when you uh, recognize that the body is, is in this continuous, it's energetic form in space. It's like this. Sensitive energetic conditioning changing and the the breath the anapanasati is another natural condition do you, do you does your personality create your breath you can you can identify my breath and think about you know create a, a scenario around your breath if you want with uh, you know a the I, my breath is special, or <laughs> or good or bad, or right or wrong. But we're not thinking about how you should breathe, or what good breathing amounts to, according to ideas of, you know, people who are experts on the breath. But with this awareness, it's just I mean, it's like this. And if your breath is subtle, or coarse, or pleasant or painful, we're not interested, we're not trying to judge it with those concepts, but just be with it. The anapana, sati, inhalation, exhalation. Because that's the nature of this body, it breathes. It's conscious and breathing. It has to, it has to move, so you move it from one posture to another. This is the way it is. This is, this is not emphasizing cultural attitudes about posture or about anything. It's just the, the natural way of things for, you know, from the, from the beginning of time to the present. So like in the Buddha, 2,550 years ago, is pointing to Dhamma, to, the, the natu- to nature, the way it is, not to Indian culture, or political views or ideals of any sort of how things should be, but just 
this sense of awakenedness to the way, to Dhamma, to the, the natural way of things. And you can see in your own life how, how our civilization, Western civilization, has gotten so far away from nature, from what's natural. We live in such artificial conditions all the time. You know, it's not plastic or anything that's a problem. It's our way of thinking. We live in a world of, of our own creation. Artificial selves. They're artifices that are created out of ignorance. And we've fully committed to the sense of ourself and our views and opinions. And then the suffering that results from that. Though in Buddha was pointing to awakenness, is not trying to get rid of it. You know, that you shouldn't have any self or you shouldn't have an ego. It's not about annihilation or getting rid of, but awakening, switching on the light, seeing clearly. In terms of Dhamma, all conditions are impermanent. The self is impermanent. The, the sense of me is, is a condition changing. The sensations we experience through the body, uh, they're changing, their energy, it's energetic, it's movement and change that we're experiencing through, through consciousness, awareness of change. So, Sankara and Icha. In the retreat, this formal retreat, communal retreat, <laughs> no. Encouragement is you know, this continuous reminding dattada, benyang ni eng, suchness, as isness, or the way it is. And this is, you know, this, this is just a, a kind of a helpful reminder. It's not, let it, we can use the way it is as just kind of a put down, you know, life the way it is, you know, what can you do about it? It's not, it's not a kind of passive resignation to, to misery that I'm encouraging. <laughs> it's a very kind of alert attentiveness to the way it is. And, and the way it is, is as one is experiencing it, the way it is, you know, in terms of feeling right now, in terms of emotional feeling at this moment like this you know now what you're feeling at this moment each one of you I, I don't know but I certainly am aware of what I'm feeling at this moment it's like this as is it's as you know how can I describe what I'm feeling right now the emotional <coughs> experience of this moment well, I can say it was fairly, you know, calm, peaceful. These kind of words, they're, they're not really very accurate, are they? They kind of give you the The reality of feeling calm, peaceful, alert is like this. The words themselves, you know, they, they kind of give you the, an impression. But if I start telling you, you should be calm and peaceful, right? <laughs> then what happens? You know, you, I'm, you know, kind of intimidating you, telling you how you should feel. 
and then you you react to that. If you aren't feeling that way, or you you don't like to be told what to do, or me telling you how you should feel at this present moment, you can get angry and averse to me. But if you just recognize that right now it's like this, as is suchness, And you don't need to to define it or describe it. It is like this, because the reality is is this. It's not not doesn't depend on words, concepts, or definitions. You know, we're experiencing change, birth and death. You know, this continuous, relentless, inexorable changingness of conditions, physical, emotional sensory and so the awareness this is the only way we can you know this is the gate this is the door to the deathless to nibbana is this awareness because if we don't if we if we're not aware then we're merely caught up you know in our habits of trying to control things or get something we don't have or get rid of something we have that we don't like. And then we're we're lost into in this in this inexorable changingness and confused and suffering from it. So the the liberation is in recognizing, realizing it. And that is something we all, you know, within our human potential, every single one of us, you know, has this, can do, this is not asking you to do something, you know, that is impossible or only very highly attained meditators can hope to ever achieve. This is, is relaxing into what's natural, into Dhamma, into the way it is, through alertness through attentiveness, through attention, observing, accepting, recognizing. Now in terms of action and speech, you know, like developing good qualities. When I'm talking like this, sometimes people get confused because saying, you know, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong. <coughs> It is conditioned phenomena changing. But then we we can grasp that kind of way of thinking. And then we have, you know, we have developing good qualities and uh, now recognize that the conditioned realm is all about change and qualities, big and small, right and wrong, good and bad. And so the in terms of our human presence, physical presence, within these restricted forms, human forms, you know, we cultivate goodness, you know, do good, refrain from doing bad. So in terms of, of living in society, in the Sangha, that to do good, to do to um, you know, intention to on the conditioned level to the conditioned plane. Kindness, generosity, uh, 
things like words like this uh, to cultivate that morality, sila. But then, in terms of dhamma, then you know this not to identify with goodness, not think of how good you are, how generous or how moral you are. Then it gets into sakyaditi again. So you see the difference in how we can take goodness and attach to it and create ourselves into, you know, we can create conceit about how good we are. Or maybe we can never be good enough. You know, if your standards of goodness are so high, you can never hope to live up to, to that kind of ultimate level of goodness. So you're always feeling guilty or not good enough. That's still sakyaditi, isn't it? So it, it's not attachment to goodness and identity, but it's it's a wisdom faculty operating in in society and community to the relationship to the world, to nature, uh, to each other, is to do good and refrain from doing what is harmful or divisive or mean or unkind deceitful um, exploiting other people for you know humiliating them torturing them these things that we might have these kind of feelings you know I mean we, we can certainly feel anger and wanting to seek revenge or insult somebody or put them down we can certainly have those kind of feelings and so the awareness of those feelings is still dumb, isn't it? It's not asking you to get rid of those feelings, but to see feeling, the 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 impermanence of feeling, the non-self of feeling. So our relationship to the natural world around us is one of respecting it, you know, uh, respecting nature, not exploiting it, not misusing it. And that includes your own physical body as well as the trees and the mountains and the oceans. <laughs> because sometimes we're most cruel to ourselves, aren't we? The way we can, you know, abuse our our own physical bodies, you know, just through rejection, through condemnation, through lack of sensitivity, just through exploiting its energies not taking time, not understanding it, not respecting the physical body that we all are experiencing at this time.